All right, let's see what happens. So, fifty-eight. Hey, hey, how are you? Hey. Delicious. Yo. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. How are you out there? What up? You're with me, Scott, as always. Hope you've had a great week out there, guys. I know if you're in Perth, there's been some weird sort of controversies with our lockdown and stuff like that, but everything's more or less back to normal. You just wear a mask. That's about it that's going on around here. Um, it's been a fucking great week, though. Um, weather-wise, we had a flash fucking weird storm uh, last, well, like Thursday night or something like that that sort of destroyed everything for a, a little bit. But um, apart from that, it's been fucking sunny. We're still waiting for winter. We've got a little bit of a chill in the morning, but it's just been a generally good week as far as fucking uh, everything could have been. Let's just face it, guys. We were on the brink of a fucking another lockdown, but it didn't happen. We got away with it. And uh, so we're here, and uh, it's been a fucking massive week for music. I've been enjoying the shit out of the new music that's been coming out this week, guys. And uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. There's a couple of new albums I want to talk about. Uh, but, I, you know... There's been f- some funny shit going on uh, here in Perth. Uh, we have a... N- not in Perth. This is this is Australia-wide. This is an Australian issue. Um, we have this eccentric character uh, named Clive Palmer. Um, if, you, if you don't know who this guy is, he's a fucking uh, eccentric billionaire, I guess. He's definitely a billionaire, and he's fucking... Um, like a mining and transport sort of systems guy or whatever. I always found this guy pretty fucking f- harmless and fun. Uh, he's just a kooky old man. He, he has a he, he runs a resort as well um, as, as all his other business interests. And on his property, that is big fucking property that he lives on, he has a whole bunch of animatronic dinosaurs and shit like that. So as a fan of dinosaurs and a fan of Jurassic Park and a fan of eccentric billionaires, um, I always found him pretty charming, found him pretty funny. Obviously a bit of a simpleton, but still kind of cool. Anyway, a couple of years ago, he tried to run for fucking prime minister of Australia. He uh, tried to contend the high office uh, unsuccessfully, obviously. There was no chance an independent like him was uh, going to get in. But he did fucking make a red-hot go of it, guys. And he fucking did this ad campaign that was running in, like, 2019 or something like that. And um, he was basically just doing a parody of a Twisted Sister song. Uh, trying to, you know, he got it re- remade, recovered by some stupid, a bunch of, you know, I guess, rock session musicians or something like that. But um, they took that song... Uh, uh, we're not going to take it um, and just sort of did like Australia's not going to take it or cop it. I think he changed the lyrics to like, Australia's not going to cop it. Australia, like, he, he did the fucking he did that rock song in his ad campaign um, for his uh, political agenda or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was. I remember those ads, but it's just come out recently that fucking he didn't pay for the royalties of that song for the copyright of it. He was... um. Not the royalties. Yeah, yeah, the, the license to the song. Sorry, the license to the song. Um, he was quoted like $150,000 to use that song or its likeness um, in his ad campaign, and he refused to pay it and just fucking did it anyway, and has got stung in the ass, sued by a twisted sister, and, um, and now he's got to pay them. Now, guys, this gets into the fucking music copyright thing quite a bit. And, you know... 
I don't know where I really sit on the the copyright music sort of thing, but there are like th- this case kind of shows that there are a couple of obvious fucking camps, right? So the other area of the world that um, copyright claims are a bit of a hindrance to folks is like the the YouTube content creator world, right? Um, so say if you're doing like a tutorials on on guitar lessons of a song or something like that, what is fair use? What is um, an infringement? All that sort of shit. It's a very fucking gray area. You don't know if you're going to get striked or not. And um, if you guys are musicians like me, uh, and even if you're not, this is a massive shout out. You definitely should check out this guy's channel, uh, fucking Rick Beato, uh, everything music YouTube channel, Rick Beato. Um, this guy's great. His music uh, is fucking fantastic. His channel is awesome. And he does this, uh, um, this massive series called What Makes This Song Great, where he breaks down great songs and really just showcases all the intricate stuff that you might not have heard before. It's just a fucking wicked little breakdown of songs. And it's it acts as promotion. And every now and then he gets copyright claims, right? And it kind of fucks him up. It, it demonetizes him. And even though they might not be monetized anyway, it just like puts a strike on his channel and threatens taking down his entire channel. Because if he gets too many of these things, then they just strip everything from him, right? And... That's a bullshit copyright claim because that's a copyright claim that is against something that is doing nothing but driving traffic to your song or to your artist or to your album and is actually promoting your sales. You know what I mean? Someone gushing over your music saying, how cool is this? Is not stealing it really. It's promoting it and it's free promotion. It's a win-win situation. So those kind of copyright claims are fucking bullshit. And um, Rick Beato knows that himself. So if you check out his channel, you'll definitely see a few rants um, from him about those strikes that have happened. Uh, It's pretty outrageous. But in this case with Clive Palmer, where he just refused to pay something and didn't tell anybody it was Twisted Sister song or didn't try to drive traffic, he just stole the song and used it for his political campaign, that's fucked up. This is a cool copyright strike, and he got forced to pay $1.5 million instead of the 150000 So he got fucked up, so that's a fucking win for copyright right there. This Clive Palmer jerk. And, and you know what's so funny about this? Like, he, um, like I said, this guy's a fucking an eccentric billionaire. So he's got like all these kinds of weird ways of thinking about stuff and approaching shit with his lawyers and his team and whoever else is um, convinced to be on his team. And he came in saying that, no, I'm innocent. This isn't a copyright because the melody from this song is actually a um, public domain Christmas carol. This was his defense. Can you believe that? So let um, let me explain. He thinks that that line of um, that we're not gonna take it is actually the melody from come all ye faithful, joyful. He thinks it's that melody. Sorry for the butchered vocals, guys. I'm not a fucking singer, but that fucking, that intonation, he thinks that their song couldn't be copyrighted because it was a ripoff of a public domain melody or something like that. And the judge basically said, you're full of shit. It's ridiculous what kind of story you've concocted here. We have the evidence that you 
applied for the license, so you admitted it was that fucking song, um, but then didn't pay it. So fuck you, pay the money. Awesome, massive win. Clive Palmer, what do you think of him? What do you think of that guy? I mean, it's it's, it's awesome. I, I, lo- I love how Twisted Sister is kind of rubbing it in his face and, and all that shit. And they fucking should. This guy deserves everything that's coming to him. He's a bit of a cunt when it comes down to it. He's, he's a bit of a dick. But, um, you know, entertaining as fuck. And like I said, he's got animatronic dinosaurs in his property. So how can you hate a guy that much, you know? Seriously. He's got dinosaurs. Fucking hell, what a prick. Anyway, let's get on to some new music because there's plenty of it this week. I um checked out, I'm going to talk about three albums, um, and they're all very, very different. Uh, and um, the first one, let's start, uh, let's start here. The fucking, the album is called uh, Yasuke, Yasuke, Y-A-S-U-K-E, Yasuke by Flying Lotus. Flying Lotus, guys, have you ever checked out Flying Lotus's stuff? I was a huge Flying Lotus fan. Um, when I became aware of him, uh, which was around the time that he released the album called Los Angeles. It might have been 2000 and... I want to say like... Yeah, fucking eight. Something like that. 2009, maybe. I don't know. It was, it was like late 2000s, maybe early 2010s. Uh was the album Los Angeles. And I fucking loved this album from Flying Lotus, right? It was... um fresh electronic um if you if you know nothing about flying lotus it's like a it's like beat making dj kind of um electronica style music and he had just fucking tremendous flow i loved the shit out of that album kind of lost touch with him a bit so after that album that i fucking loved and and by the way this was also the only dj slash electronic solo artist that i've ever paid for a live ticket to see um, as a headliner act. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen like beat makers and, um, and DJs and all that sort of stuff in festivals or at parties or at, or at clubs and stuff like that. Um, but I never bought a ticket for a headlining show except for this Flying Lotus guy. Uh, and that's got to be 10 or 11 years ago. I remember taking my um, now wife um, to this wicked show at Ambar in Perth. If you were there in Perth, fucking Ambar to see Flying Lotus. Dude, that was a fucking show and a half. Flying Lotus played for fucking like three hours, three and a half hours, something like that. We were partied the fuck out. And then he started doing like a, a set with like a dude from the audience. He was just sort of jamming. They, were, they, they both had their gear and whatever. The other guy was kind of trash. So it got a bit much and we left. But fucking that was an amazing show. Um, so anyway, he got, got this new album out. Uh, like I said, I lost touch with Flying Lotus. It started getting a little bit difficult listening uh, but that's a whole other topic because I love Flying Lotus. We could do a whole episode on him. Um, anyway, the new album came out. So I'm listening to this thing uh, a couple of days ago. And I'm enjoying it. Really enjoying this album. And you know what? Like The thoughts are coming to mind. Like This is a very dramatic album. Very dramatic. Um, but it's like a, it's, the album's only like 45 minutes long, something like that. But there's like 20, 25, 26 tracks on the album. So they all seem like little snippets, little little sound bites of a vibe. And it's they're very dramatic. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, these are very theatrical. So I put it on again the next day and I'm, and um, you know, the wife's listened to it as well. I'm like, this this sounds like it could be a soundtrack for something or whatever. Dude, it is a soundtrack. It is a soundtrack. Um 
Yasuke or whatever it's called is actually a Netflix anime series. And this is the soundtrack that he did for it. After doing a little bit of research, I do that every now and then. Um, But I was fucking glad I did this one because I was about to accuse it of being a soundtrack that it absolutely intentionally is, right? And um, it's kind of cool. I might actually check out that anime series. I don't really care for anime too much. Um, But, you know... Fucking oath, this, this soundtrack was pretty fucking fire as far as a, um anime series could hope for. And yeah, I might check it out. So it was a really cool album, guys. Like I said, it was dramatic, but that's because I don't think it's supposed to be listened to as like a standalone album. I think it is an accompaniment, obviously. It is the soundtrack for this, this series. So maybe the best way to hear the album is to watch the series. You know what I mean? To get that visual element that was inspiring the music that he made. They made it on the album, but if you don't know the visuals, it might not make as much sense. Something like that. I don't know. But either way, that was it was it was fun. It was a fun album. It was super well produced. You just like Flying Lotus has this way of um putting his like little signature on just the way the beats kind of swing and stuff like I don't know. I could just tell it was Fly Low. And if I watched this uh anime series without knowing it was um Flying Lotus doing this. Um, I would have suspected it, that's for sure. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Check out Flying Lotus as well. And and like I said, if, if this album's not for you, at least go back and check out the fucking Los Angeles album because that one's fire. And um, I love that album fucking start to finish. I still put that on repeat, you know, every now and then. It's been a while now, but you, you understand what I mean. It's a great album, guys. Anyway, let's move on because uh, the next album I want to talk about was... um. Not really my style of music at all, but I do kind of uh, like Angus and Julia Stone, which is like a an Australian duo. I think it's a brother and sister team. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, I didn't mind their music uh, a while ago. But Julia Stone herself, as a solo project, bought out a new album uh, called 60 Summers. And, uh, yeah, I listened to it and it was fine. I really dug it. I actually enjoyed it. It was fun. It was kind of light. It was kind of um, kind of predictable to me because I've been noticing a fucking trend in um, like indie pop music. You know how you've got always that that indie vibe, and that's kind of like what our Triple J radio station here in in Australia um, tries to promote. That it's like it's not really alternative music, but it's kind of that fringe of pop, the fringe of pop, which is like the indie scene. It's a fringe of pop. It's still very poppy. Let's face it. It's still very fucking poppy, but it's not Justin Bieber, right? Something like that. Anyway, so I've been noticing a trend in that style of music to, um, to sort of bend towards a bit of a lo-fi backdrop over whatever different style they have. So sometimes it might be like a lo-fi backdrop to a, um, to a rap song or a fucking indie sort of country-ish song or whatever there, there, there's lo-fi elements that are creeping into that fringe scene i would say something like that i don't know I, i've been seeing this for years now sort of coming on and i've always loved lo-fi music and i love its charm and i love its simplicity and now it's kind of finding a home and this album uh 60 summers by julia stone is pretty much like a lo-fi indie album it's cool. It's there's it's it's got great little backdrop beats, got great vocal harmonies, real subtle dulcet tones. Nothing's really trying to force anything in your face. It's just fucking cool. I would um yeah. 
I'd recommend it uh, as a background track. It's not something you're going to get into listening and singing along with um, in your car unless you're really into that sort of stuff. But it's got a harmless feel to it that's kind of charming. So definitely check that one out. Julia Stone. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a feud going on or they're both just doing their their own independent things. But um, let's face it, when Pope, when like two band members go ahead and like say, you know what, I'm going to do my independent thing, you do your independent thing, it's a bit of a competition. You definitely notice if one's more successful than the other. So who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Anyway, speaking of duos, by the way, uh, the last album I want to talk about fucking today is uh, by Royal Blood. And I, I can't tell you how fucking impressed I am with this band, guys. Um, this album is fucking fire. The album's called Typhoons. Um, I don't know when it came out. It probably came out maybe this week, maybe maybe the week before, and I missed it or something like that. Um, because I, I think I'd heard a, maybe a few singles came out earlier, to be honest, thinking about it now. Because I think I've heard one or two of the tracks um, from the album earlier. Uh, but when I listen to it start, start to finish, it's just fucking wicked. This... this <laughs> Royal Blood are fucking awesome. Um, if you know nothing about Royal Blood, it's like a British uh, duo. So um, a, a drummer and uh, a guy that sings and plays bass guitar in a way that doesn't sound like a bass guitar at all. He's literally made it like a like a like a guitar. It sounds like a guitar, super fuzzed out with bass elements to it. Like he's playing he's playing the guitar. He's playing a bass like a guitar or whatever. I don't know what to call it, but they're a fucking interesting couple of folks, guys. <laughs> Definitely check out this album, Typhoon's Royal Blood. It like the riffage that's going on on this bass guitar, and the, like the I want to say the maturity, the maturity of the choice of riffage style and the way it flows, and the way that it fits into this sort of super fun yet progressive, yet indie-ish kind of sound. It's just fucking genius, guys. You really got to listen to this. Um, it's super mature writing, as far as I'm concerned. The way the way the structures of the songs work and the rhythmic elements that they put in the under undercurrents are out of this world, out of this world. These guys are amazing at what the fuck they do. And they're pretty much creating what the fuck they do because I it's one of those bands that's hard to put in a in a in a, a genre. It's hard to categorize. Like it's kind of indie rock. It's kind of experimental prog. It's kind of a bit Oh fuck. I don't even know. I'm lost for words. I don't want to pull out wrong words from the ether because it's pretty likely. Um but either way, just just get the impression that these are cool guys and this is a really cool style of music and whatever the fuck they're doing is working and um check out the album it's called typhoons by royal blood and um you know i i got that that sense from listening to this album that um some of these songs if if you if you're like to experience them live will be heavy as fuck like this would be like some of the coolest experiences live because I know how some of this shit translates, like dealing with these fuzz pedals and, the, and these tones and what they're doing and the intensity that they bring. And I know that the recording itself isn't doing what the live performance would do, right? There's just, you, you, you can't do that on a recording, but you can sense what it would translate to. And I have a suspicion 
about this band that their live show would be fucking amazing. So it's it's on my hit list. If I ever see Royal Blood coming um coming to Perth, fuck an oath, I'll be I'll be there buying a few tickets just to drag along people that might not want to go, but I know they need to. You know what I mean? Sometimes people just need to uh, experience certain things, and it's uh, for me it's it's worth spending that extra money. But anyway, so. If I, if I missed anything this week, fucking hit me up and, and let me know what else uh, you've been listening to this week. But those three albums, what did we talk about? We talked about um, Flying Lotus with the Yasuki, Yasuka, Yasuke, or whatever album. Look it up. It's a new Flying Lotus album. Uh, the Julia Stone uh, 60 Summers album or whatever. And Royal Blood's fucking Typhoons album. Listen to it. That one's fucking amazing. I was I was blown away. I like I've I've heard about Royal Blood in the peripherals and and sort of heard little singles here and there, but I'd never gone into a deep dive like this with this album and fucking impressed. And um, they've made a fan of me. So yeah, how am I going to end this episode? What have I got? Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, so we've been summarizing all our songs. We're pretty much at the bottom of it, and we get to move on to new shit. But I thought I would show uh, the ones that we haven't yet got through, uh, which are ones from that little band that uh, we had with Liam and uh, Patrick, who's played drums on a few of the old episodes that, again, are not available on Spotify. The old episodes are all iTunes only. I'm going to I'm gonna look into that. I'm going to see what I can do about that in the future, guys. Um, I've got, yeah, we'll talk about it next episode. Fuck it. Anyway, long story. Uh, but either way, uh, Patrick, who's a drum for us, and we were, Liam, myself, uh, Patrick, and um, a good friend, Mitchell, uh, we were in a band. This is, how, this is how I know Liam. This is where all this music sort of started off, was with this little band called the Coco Chi uh, that we were in together. And, uh, well, we recorded a few songs. They're very, very old. They're very, very bad, but they are what they are. But I showed them on the podcast, so we're doing the recap thing, so got to get them out of the way. Uh, so here's uh, one of them. And remember, if you want to contribute anything to the podcast or help us out, reach out do anything remember to like subscribe tell your friends all that bullshit about this podcast we're trying to grow it a little bit guys i don't i never do this for the for the the, the numbers and all that sort of shit that that's never really mattered to me too much um but it's nice so tell people right uh you can hit me up scott at the jam uh, if you want to email me or um twitter and instagram at jam room podcast Here's a little shitty song from a while ago. This is um, Liam and I both playing guitar and Patrick on drums. It's what it is. Uh, yeah, reach out. Let us know what you think. Have a great week, guys. This is the Jammer Podcast.